0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Who let the hogs out? Alright, everybody, this is Hog Planet. Here I am again. It's me, Sam. I'm solo this time. Uh, I'm inspired because, I don't know, you guys maybe aren't able to see this business intelligence, but uh, my solo episode about the uh, huh, George Floyd protest in DC is crushing Dan's solo episode. Let me be very clear. About what we are all children of God, regardless of. Uh, just absolutely owning him he's very sad about it it's funny i'm laughing a lot anyway what i am doing today is something that dan specifically requested me to do i'm going to watch for the second time now the stand-up special whatever however we're going to classify it is up for debate as you'll we'll get into later but the netflix ove of hannah gadsby her newest thing douglas which is like i i would say it's a comedy special (laughs) like obviously this is the subject of plenty of discursive debate which is the intent of these shows but i'm gonna come out and say it's just a comedy show now this is not our first time covering hannah gadsby and her work if you'll remember back when we were The Plunge, we we did an episode, episode 30, where we talked about her show from what, last year or two years ago, which was called Nanette, which was also, it was a, a stand-up special. Whether it wants to be called comedy or is up for debate because she, in the middle of the special, kind of states that she is quitting comedy, which is something that she has since kind of ugh, walked back and also not walked back It's going to hurt your brain talking about Hannah Gadsby and all the like mental gymnastics she does to avoid criticism, which is absolutely the subject of this episode, because like a lot of you are not going to want to hear this from a cis white man like myself, but these works suck. They're bad. And it's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's a lesbian. It's not because, you know, spoiler alert, it's not because she's autistic or any of the, or has ADHD or any of the things that she talks about and you know she in throughout these specials she kind of assumes that anyone who would respond to her work critically is judging her on those levels and like they can't you know I as a man cannot hear jokes making fun of men there's <laughs> there's no way I would sit for that that's why I don't like the special it's not because it's the jokes aren't funny or because the posturing is pretentious and self-serving it's because i am just i'm a triggered white male it's it really is like the same argument that right wingers use when they you know right wing comedians when they tell jokes that are completely idiotic and abysmal most of which are much worse than anything you would find in in any of hannah gasby's work their response is always that oh you can't handle it you're triggered you know Someone disagrees with you and you're triggered. Everything's violence to you. You can't handle anything. You can't take a joke. This is kind of like the left-wing equivalent of that. Or, I mean, I, I, I don't want to call it left-wing. It's the liberal equivalent to that kind of anti-SJW, alt-right comedy nonsense. So, so yeah, we we in the past on on this podcast have criticized Nanette. We have also discussed Jill Soloway, who I believe, I don't know if she still is, but she was dating Hannah Gadsby. Jill Soloway, the creator of the show, Transparent. Uh, we re- we went through some articles that were criticizing her book, which we, we did not read, admittedly. But uh, that book is called She Wants It, Desire, Power, and Toppling the Patriarchy. And in both of those, I think we were fair. And, you know, we, we're not opposed to checking our white cis male privilege on this show. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's totally, it's crucial to note that I cannot critique Hannah Gadsby on the basis of her lived experience. It's that's her life or whatever, but I can critique her specials because she puts them out for, she puts them out on, on the, the internet and she performs them across the country. And when you've created an artistic project like this, which, I mean, that's, like, the most general way to refer to it. But as we'll we'll go into, she does not let you call these shows, like, stand-up specials or TED Talks. She doesn't even want you to call it a one-woman show, even though it is, like, objectively a one-woman show. And she objectively has done TED Talks before. Um, I don't know. But before I launch into watching Douglas and talking about it uh, and talking over it, you know, my white male voice is going to be silencing her annoying Australian woman voice (laughs) Um, before I go into that I need to make sure that our critiques are known because I don't want any straw man nonsense of like Sam and Dan can't handle Hannah Gadsby because they're triggered white men or whatever and it's very easy to criticize us for disliking Gadsby or also Soloway when we critiqued them previously because I mean, we don't have this lived experience, but we do have critiques that are kind of outside of that. I think it is possible and also necessary to criticize art because if you don't criticize it on any level, you're not engaging with it. You're. It's like when a little kid draws you a picture that is, you know, badly colored in and stuff because a, a little kid did it. And you just kind of take it and you're like, oh, this is so good. Thank you so much for this. Which obviously you do that with little kids because they're, you know, they're little kids, but... When it's an adult woman presenting you with something, it's very patronizing. To, for, it would be awful if I just patted Hannah Gadsby on the head and said, good job. I can't believe that you know a, a complete you know, a lesbian or someone with an, an autistic person could create this. Like, wow, there's no way I could criticize this at all. That's, that's nonsense. It's patronizing. And I do want to make sure that our critiques which are, I think our sound, come through. And it has nothing to do with the fact I, we have no issue watching comedy come from a lesbian, from a woman, from someone who's autistic. I mean, even from Australians. I'm okay with – Australians have made jokes before. I, I mean, generally, I think Australia is a cursed continent. I, is it, I don't even know if it's left anymore because I, I thought literally the whole thing burned down this year back in the early days of 2020. But I don't know. It's we don't dislike her because of her identity or because she makes jokes about men. I, there are plenty of amazing comedians who make hilarious jokes about men. Men are funny. We're dumb as fu- as shit, and we get away with it endlessly. Like we uh, endlessly can, especially us cis, you know, straight white males or whatever. We got we're fragile. We got our heads up our own ass. We're a great comedic target. There's nothing wrong with that in itself. But if you're gonna make these jokes and and do also the uh, the kind of artifice that Hannah Gadsby does to avoid criticism, it just makes your stand-up special suck. And that's what happens here. It sucks. It's bad. And I'm going to critique it because I I have every right to and I'm not doing it on the basis of her identity. So my first critique of Hannah Gadsby and her, her ove is that this is really a, just a big self-branding exercise. Now, of course, basically most of the entertainment industry is a self-branding exercise. I'm not a dummy. I know what the game is. I know that there's a business behind this, but it's really kind of annoying because there's like this pro wrestling sort of like narrative behind all of this that you have to know. Like the drama of her previous special Nanette was that she had decided to step away from comedy, but I mean, instantly after that came out and it was, or you know, and became a smash. She was back out there. She went on an Australian tour and an American tour, obviously with sold out dates across the countries. I mean, I don't know. I think that these specials are meant to just make a certain kind of person feel good about themselves. This is another critique I have. The, those person, the, the people who watch this and feel good about themselves are, I would say, like people who are online feminists or online. I don't know, um, like, like male feminists who post about checking their male privilege endlessly. Um, Harry Potter fans get a lot of lip service in this. I don't know. It's like for a certain well-to-do person who wants another perspective that they haven't seen before so they can kind of put it under their belt. But they don't want something that's like too different from what they like. Like, I think a lot of people watch this and they see Hannah Gasby and they're like, that's a well-put-together kind of lesbian that I can get behind. I mean, like, this is just another thing that I can put in my identity toolkit, um, I don't know it's kind of it seems it, it seems self-serving at first but it's also it's also doing lip service to a kind of like NPR person I, I don't know I, I will expand on this better later on because I don't want it to sound like I'm just being you know a reactionary here but with, with Hannah Gadsby in particular her specials really as I've said dodge criticism in increasingly annoying ways first of all she we we never really get to hear what these specials are it's hard to refer to them because it's, I mean, what, Nanette, she's quitting comedy, so is it a comedy special? I don't know. All she will do in these specials, in Douglas and Nanette, is say what they are not. In Nanette, she said it's not comedy. And um, this one, in Douglas, she says, So I've already watched this, but I'm going to watch it again for all of you. I mean, I, I guess I could have just recorded the commentary track the first time, but, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Anyway, in this one, in Douglas, she says that it's not a TED Talk or a one-woman one show, even though, as I said before, she has done TED Talks on this subject. And as far as it being a one-woman show, it objectively is a one-woman show. It's just one woman on the stage. I, I don't know what to, I, I don't understand what the, what she's trying to accomplish by dissing her, distancing herself from that term. I don't, I don't see how that limits you at all. It literally is a one-woman show, I, I, whatever. Um, and it also, I would say, objectively is a stand-up special because she's telling jokes that people laugh at. I, and she's standing up on the stage. I don't know. This is what I'm saying with this whole with with Hannah Gadsby stuff is that you get out of this world where like there are critiques you can make for reasons. Like it, 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 that sounds very general because it is. You're not allowed to criticize any part of this. She has a way to wiggle out of everything. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than this quote she gave to a New York Times interviewer back. I think this was back in 2019. Um, It was after she had premiered Douglas, but it hadn't been released on Netflix or anything. Nanette had already been like a smash hit, all this stuff. The interviewer asked her how she reconciled quitting comedy publicly, but then going on on a fucking tour, like a a comedy tour. Um, She said, this is a direct quote, and it's so fucking important that you get all this. She said, quitting was always a theatrical device. And I'm delighted everyone took it so seriously. It was basically to diffuse the obvious criticism, that's not comedy. But that theatrical device, as I relived trauma night after night, felt really good to say it and mean it. I think I meant it and still mean it in the sense of the strictest definition of what comedy is. Yeah, I've quit that. So that's the end of the quote. This is after she premiered Douglas at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So, I mean, don't take my word for it. She's literally just using this as a theatrical device to deflect criticism. Or sorry, diffuse criticism. That's the word she used. This is not my, like, triggered cis male take on this. She said that herself. And I'm able to critique that. I am allowed to critique that shitty, like genre bending for your own self-serving needs it's just it's not art it's artifice and i don't know this absolutely is a stand-up special douglas is a stand-up special this more so even than the net i would say because there's more it's more just about jokes there is the bombshell revelation that she uh was diagnosed with autism which she was diagnosed fairly recently i believe uh hannah gasby's like 42 so she i guess in her like maybe late 30s or something was diagnosed i I don't know that much about that but that's the bombshell we get in douglas and with nanette we obviously had a a different bombshell which i don't want to go into right now but i have seen both of them in case anyone's wondering i mean again listen to our previous episode about nanette if you want our takes on that i don't have time to do that right now i think where i was going with this is that what th- this absolutely is a standup special, but comedy has such a bad brand, especially among like the woke, like white liberals that are watching Douglas or Nanette. It has such a bad brand brand among those people. It's intended audience that it's actually more effective to tell them that it's not comedy because then and this is crucial. Then they can feel good about watching it. And that's the intent of both these. It's, how Again, like how can you make yourself feel good about watching something from this perspective that is different than your own? But again, it's not that different. It's literally kind of tailored to you to the point that they will make Harry Potter jokes throughout the fucking thing. So anyway, uh, another thing I have about this is that like many shows and, and movies and, and other things these days, the real product is not the piece of art itself. It's the conversations that it inspires online. You can compare this to some other things. Um, the show Insecure on HBO is kind of like this. I-, I like the show. There's nothing wrong with it from my perspective. But it is goofy and delirious at times. And one of the things that's funniest to me about it is that in the show, not that much happens. Is I mean, which it's not a criticism, really. It's just kind of a statement of, what it's the show is like, and there are plenty of shows that are like that. I mean, infamously, so- uh, Seinfeld is a show about nothing. They have sh- uh, episodes where you're waiting to be seated at a restaurant. They have episodes about like trying to find your car in a parking garage. It's literally about nothing, but they drive comedy from it. And I think Insecure does that does that as well. But there's an added thing with Insecure that's not present in something like Seinfeld, where if you watch Insecure, you, you're you're on Twitter, <laughs> like you're on Twitter. There's no way you're not. Like you're um, it, it, people live tweet it. And it's all about, like, how people online side with different characters in the show. Like, are you team Issa? Are you team Lawrence? Or, like, who do you think is in the right? Who do you think was in the wrong? Um, And then it's all about the discourse that it generates online. And people will be like, you know, y'all are fucked if you don't think hashtag Asian Bay should have yelled at Molly when she was going in on his family at the pool. And it's just like... It becomes like a, that's really what the show is. It's about the discourse online. I think Marvel movies are kind of like this too. Um, Or like the, remember remember in Star Wars, there was this like much lauded uh, lesbian embrace in one of the, I think it was in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Because apparently it's somehow inconceivable that in space where there's like i think in the scene leading up to that lesbian embrace there's like a guy hugging like a giant space slug i mean you gotta assume that like polyamory is a thing in the star wars universe uh given the wide diversity of intelligent beings that are like in the same fucking circles but whatever what do i know this like lesbian embrace in star wars got so much fanfare and the actual event was like so quick that if you looked away for a second, you wouldn't, you would have missed it. It, it had no concept. We don't even know the names of the characters, but again, it's not about the thing that you saw in the piece of art. It's about how you will talk about it afterwards. And Nanette and Douglas absolutely fall under this heading. Um, another thing I want to mention is that there is precedent for doing a one person show about autism. Um, but the one I'm thinking of, it's not on Netflix. It's not getting the creator, uh, you know, a showbiz life in Los Angeles. She, there's not going to be any memoir deals done by this guy or sold out tours thus far. This guy is Anders Lee, who is a comedian who did a one man show called dummy, which was about his personal experience being diagnosed with autism at a young age. And he talks a lot about the, how about the history of how autism has been diagnosed, interpreting it as on a struct the personal, um, through the lens of the structural and taking this kind of wide angle lens to it that, I don't know. It's it's very substantial and and interesting. And he didn't shy away from you know. He said it's a one man show. It it has comedic elements, but he's like, this is a personal show about my life. It's functionally more or less the same same thing as this. The only thing is, I haven't seen that one because it's not on Netflix. And um and I don't know, but I've heard I've read a lot of reviews of it. I've read um a lot of summaries of it. I've listened to the the performer speak on multiple podcasts about it. So you know, I'm basically an expert. I don't know. I think that there is precedent for doing this. So, again, I don't have an issue with the concept. Uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not being ableist saying that it's lame the way she kind of weaponizes her identity, which includes her autism now, uh, to deflect criticism, which that, that really is the most annoying thing to me is the deflection of criticism. But a crucial part of that is weaponizing her identity. Again, if you criticize Annette, it's because you're a triggered cis white male. If you criticize Douglas, is because you don't understand what it's like to be autistic. Also, you can see above for the rules regarding Nanette. Uh, any questions? No, move on. Go, you know, promote my special and and pat yourself on the back for sharing this with your friends and and family members. So, and again, I already went to the bottom line before. If if I can't criticize your art, it's not art. If I don't criticize it, I'm treating you differently based on your identity. If I refuse to crit- to go in and uh, critique a special done uh, about being a lesbian done by a lesbian, then I, I not engaging with it. I mean, you can choose whether or not to listen to my critique. Trust me. I don't care. Like you don't, ha- you can, uh, that's, that's your choice, but it's also my choice to give the critique. Um, if I were to not give the pr- critique, that would be prejudiced, honestly. <laughs> um, and either way, like I said, this is just not, it's not art. It's artifice. Uh, if it's n- not, if it's supposed to be comedy, it's not funny. And if and if the jokes like the, the jokes that land in this are not original jokes. You can get them from much more skilled comedians. If if I'm supposed to look at this instead as like a TED talk, I don't think it's terribly informative. Again, I think there's other material that serves the material serves it better. And if it's a one woman show, it's just at the end of the day not entertaining. <laughs> I mean, maybe just it's not entertaining to me, that's fine. I I'll take that criticism, but I'm going to explain why I don't find it entertaining, and I'm going to critique it, and that's you know, that's where I'm at. I just think it fails on all of these levels, and it, it just kind of dodges. If you critique it for being comedy, well, guess what? It's not comedy. If you critique it for not being informative, well, guess what? It's just comedy. Which she has she has gone back and forth of that. Even in, if I remember right, in Douglas, she says you know with you know nanette wasn't comedy so, or what was comedy so you can't criticize i don't know it's hard to tell all the deflections she does so i shouldn't spend more, much more time on it but um some of the themes we had from nanette um that we thought were particularly heinous uh in the previous episode there was deception um there were revelations in that special that you could So if you didn't get to that part and you wanted to criticize it and say, like, oh, her jokes weren't funny, then it was like, oh, well, you didn't wait till the end to get the real message of the thing. Um, you kind of see this with Douglas with the bombshell revelation that Gadsby's autistic. Um, and one of the worst things about Nanette was just that she's at one point she said that um, like self-deprecation is basically self-loathing, which I think that's a bit of projection. <laughs> like maybe it is for her, but... You know, it, it, previously, we had spoken about you know being Jewish in the United States. Uh, self-deprecation was crucial to our people's survival and like mainstream acceptance. And uh, I, I don't think all self-deprecation is self-loathing. I think that's kind of a cop-out. Anyway, um, and we've already discussed like who who is this for? It's for discourse people. It's for centrist liberals. It's for straight white women. Um, people seeking the thrill of feeling good about themselves. People who want to quote unquote do their part. Uh, and harry potter fans inexplicably so with my critiques laid out um i think i'm ready to start watching this uh i'm gonna take a break first because i'm gonna need it need a drink to get myself through this one for the second time but uh i will be back to discuss douglas <laughs> All right, folks, and we're back. By we're, I mean me, myself, and Hannah Gadsby. And uh, I have a, st- a stiff drink in hand, <laughs> and I'm ready to go through this. Um, yeah, I just want... Some of the things I think I left out from the intro, if you need more Hannah Gadsby content, her literal memoir, which is called 10 Steps to Nanette, came out earlier this year, It's just wonderful. Uh, if you need more of this stuff, I mean... There's no shortage. She's got TED Talks. She has these comedy, not comedy specials. And she's got a whole memoir. She's she's in LA for the t- time being. I mean, there we're in the days of the dawn of Gadsby. So, you know, enjoy. Uh, if you're loading this up for the first time, I mean, get into it. And I'm here to chat you through it because you're going to want Nobody should have to watch this alone, is all I'm saying. So, I don't know. Without further ado, uh, get your Netflix queued up. Um, We don't get money from Netflix, but we should. If I say Netflix, they they should have to pay me. That's kind of where I'm at on this. But, yeah, get your Netflix, which you're stealing from your, you know, third most recent ex-boyfriend, queued up to Douglas, because we are starting in five, four, three... Two and one. Start. Woo! We love you Hannah Gadsby! All right. She is wearing a very ill-fitting suit when... Whatever. There's this horrific dog next to her. That's what she's gesturing at as a dog made out of like some kind of sculpture. Ah, okay. Thank you. Well, why do you have it? You, you are a problem. Oh. Great segue. <laughs> no, okay, nobody watching this has not seen Nanette Come on. <laughs> really fucking valid question. It's because I do a podcast where I talk about dumb things like your show. I don't know because you literally quit comedy and now here you are doing comedy. I find that impossible to believe. But you said it wasn't comedy. You said it was... You have. She's literally admitting that the only appeal of these shows is that she reveals parts of her trauma. It's literally trauma porn for fucking liberals. Okay, a a few people did applaud. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Let's be real. <laughs> You're here because you like the Gatsby extended universe, which includes Nanette and this now and her memoir and TED Talks. There's no way you do not want to see that. Oh, okay. I remember this part. She, she gives like a thesis statement for the whole fucking like it's so pseudo academic, like so fucking freshman year of college. She's literally going to give you an outline of what she's going to do. And I'm going to take a stiff drink of my fucking bourbon here. God. Oh. Please, please tell me why I'm not allowed to criticize this. So this is the pre-game. This is the fucking like ESPN coverage before the g- game starts. <laughs> yep. So if you don't like her comedy, then she warned you. That's what she's saying right here. Do not criticize her. Why not? Why us? Okay, because because Donald is destroying our country, so I, I would any day of the week rather be in the United States of America than fucking Australia. Give me a break. The entire country was on fire until like a few months ago. <laughs> God, I would love it if someone heckled Hannah Gadsby. Like, for a good reason, not for, like, any kind of homophobic shit. For something, like, a funny heckler would just demolish Hannah Gadsby. Oh! My feelings are smarting! Everyone knows that phrase. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. So she did tell us what it is. It's a romantic comedy, and that's the definition we're using for the uh, duration of the special. Okay. She's talking about me. In this essay, I will—I doubt it. Also, it's not. I already saw this. She's asking for your consent to tell a story. What, why are you needling—like, Uh, like come for—if you're going to come for us— Come for us. Like, Dan and I spend all day podcasting about how dumb aspects of, like, white supremacy and patriarchy are. Like, come get us. I don't know what to say about that. So, okay. Okay, I'm a man flake. (laughs) Tell more stories, please. Oh. Squarely. Cool. Okay. Uh oh. I'm about to get owned here, folks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you don't need bait. <laughs> unsurprising. Entirely unsurprising. I. Uh, uh. I'm gonna take the bait. I'm taking it. I'm doing it. Yes, it is. Oh, oh, I like being all frothy, Miss Froth Face, or whatever you said. What? So not... (laughs) Do not criticize her at all. Okay. It's true. I did slip that in when I wrote the rules of comedy. Hmm. There's gonna be needling. Oh, please don't joust me. I can't handle it. My, my fragility. Oh no, not a new asshole. Being bad at comedy? Oh. No, see, if you were doing a lecture, it would be fine. And you literally do that. You do TED Talks, which we can critique on their own. But, like, again, so I'm going to go crazy because you're doing comedy that's not comedy and a lecture that's not a lecture? Fine. She's probably right, sadly. Oh. Uh. So she's quoted. This is this is how you know this is made for fucking like the most basic audience possible. Literally using ta- like Taylor Swift songs as jokes. I mean Taylor Swift is listen. She that lady's definitely a closet white nationalist. So it it does track with this particular brand of white feminism that she's doing right now. Ooh. What is a? Uh, I I wish I had more commentary for you folks, but it's honestly brutal enough just to let her go. She's still like doing exposition. This is like a fucking Christopher Nolan movie. God. It's not. God, I'm looking at my dog just peacefully sleeping under my desk right now. Imagine just not being able to comprehend any of these words or try to get trapped in the fucking logic mazes that she's trying to, you know, construct for us right now. I'm going to need another drink. No, the abstract of an academic paper on, like, some hyper-technical fucking, like, biomedical field or something is much shorter and less convoluted than this fucking intro and all this exposition. Yeah, we're all annoyed. We're done. It's boring and dumb. Even your audience of people is like, what the fuck am I here for? Oh, here we go. That's true. People do be hating people who lead to, like, the continued spread of the measles in, like, Marin County, California. Oh, she brushed her shoulders off. Oh, my fucking God. Isn't that patriarchal? You have never met a joke. Oh... This whole thing is a fucking meta joke. It's all about the discourse. Oh, we got Shakespeare over here. Oh. Is, is this a content warning? I think she's doing a canti warning, a content warning for Louis C.K. Truly unbelievable times. Oh. We've been in the prelude for like 13 minutes at this point. Come on. It's really not hard to make jokes about Louis C.K. He was already a, like, risible fucking weirdo before we found out that he's a serial masturbator. We literally, one of our top early episodes was about how Hollywood was a mistake because Louis C.K. is such a fucking piece of shit. Obviously not just him, but, like... Oh, yeah. Lay, lay, Lay the discourse on me. Go for it. No, everyone in your audience is doing an outline and like taking notes on this cuz they think it's like some academic fucking endeavor. There's no one here is like here for the just the experience of this. It's all a calculated intellectual like ex uh, expedition. I don't even know. Oh man. Oh. Please don't add any more layers, please. I'm going to be just so amazed by the construction of this, which she revealed to me at first when it happens, that I'm going to completely go insane when she delivers her bombshell Louis CK joke and, like, drops the mic or whatever. Oh, this is good shit. Mmm okay you know it's actually even worse because i've seen this before so i've seen all these jokes and i don't know what's worse or exposition of the joke or the joke itself the answer is that i think both of them are equally bad but somehow there's emergent properties from explaining a bad joke before you tell a bad joke that makes the whole like the whole endeavor that much worse so that's what we're going to see here Okay. Uh, okay. That's a little bit of a generalization. It's not woke. Oh, it's going to take perseverance for me to get through this bullshit. Okay. Okay. Oh. There's at least 15 people at this fucking show wearing a shirt that says theories are sexy and has a picture of like Kimberly Crenshaw or something. Oh my God. It's supposed to be funny because she said she was going to do observational comedy and now she's doing it. Are you laughing yet? Okay. Oh. Wrong, I am stupid oh. okay. Huh, here we go. Give me some give me some verbiage. Give me some verbiage. give me some vocab words here. Oh, okay. I am just like an ancient Roman. I think about that all the time. And we're not all right. (laughs) Uh. I literally do none of this, but go off. Oh, my God. Did you know Americans can be dumb sometimes? Okay. Yeah, your your energy sector is at least as fucked up as ours, even if it's not as large. People don't know this, but Australia, besides having, like, uh, single-payer health care, absolutely has, like, one of the worst right-wing governments in the, like, Anglo world, but whatever. Oh, God. Okay. So she's making a joke about how... People in Commonwealth countries call it petrol, whereas people in the US call it gasoline. Isn't that crazy? Ooh, this is biting. Oh. You know gasoline does not <laughs> it doesn't mean it's a gas. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Nope. Oh my! God. She's literally saying the word "gaslighting science" by using the word "gasoline." Jesus, that's the the dumbest thing about Americans is that we call petroleum gasoline. You heard it here, folks. Oh man, I'm just f- furious at the mention of the letter Z. Oh bah. Man, that's like the f- oh. Okay Okay, no one cares There's like five people in Australia Fine, I, I really don't care I don't need to know what you're talking about It sucks No, it doesn't Not when you say it <laughs> This lady's talk- making fun of how we talk and then saying, off you pop, criticizing like it as a punchline. God. Are you done yet? Uh. Do you guys think that maybe she's going to call Louis C.K. a dick biscuit? Seems like that's where we're going. I just there was a way to like fast forward through all this nonsense and still give commentary. It's literally just jokes about like Americans say this and Australians say that. Isn't that crazy? It's not. So we can call him a dick biscuit. I don't give a shit. It's not only do I not give a shit. Oh man, first Harry Potter joke. Um, that's a drink. Let me just. Oh, uh, that's two. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a funny phrase. Oh my god! And you ruined it by making it into a Harry Potter joke. How? Cock biscotti is the funniest thing she said this whole special. Oh my god! Okay, that's like you got to finish your drink for the combination straight white man thing, and then oh, and then the Harry Potter joke. Now she just made a joke about Hermione being a turf. This is actually timely because uh, JK Rowling is a turf, but oh. Oh, get ready for so many Where's Waldo jokes. Oh my God, I remember this so badly. No, that's cultural appropriation. Please do not do that. Hmm. We're, we're not out of the, I mean, she did warn us that these jokes were bad, so I don't know. Maybe this is part of the, the extremely intellectual artifice of this fucking special, but we're, we're not out, out of the jokes. We're not out of the section of jokes where she's just saying Brits say this and Americans say that, like, there's not even any good ones. You know that Brits call water heaters, like water geezers, like a furnace or something. They call it a water geezer. That's insane. Like, that's something that I could say. I, I don't know. But I would never make these kind of hacky jokes, I guess. People are cheering for pronouns currently. So the South is an ally to her cause. I, I guess she's a white nationalist. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. I thought we were still in the joke section. I need to consult my outline that I took. We're still not out of the section where she's making jokes about Australian people say this and Americans say that. I can't... (laughs) Folks, I can't do this. <laughs> okay, so it's funny because it's like a bunch of people float, it's supposed to be a bunch of people going down a, like a, a hill on their foupaws. How are you going to do a comedy special about that part of the body and not call it a foupa? Foupa is absolutely a, a blessed term. You're not an American. No one in America says fanny to mean anything. Mm. (laughs) Thank you for checking your privilege, Nanette Uh, Is this joke over yet? How did you not do that in the exposition? You spent like 20 minutes on exposition and you didn't tell us what the fuck Douglas is? I know because I already saw this. Ugh. I'm not icking about uterus. I'm icking about kangaroos because they have like a big flesh cave that they ugh. don't look inside a kangaroo's pouch. It's not fun. You know it's not that simple, right, for the audience? This is a, tri- a trick that you know. This is done. This is for people who like to notice Easter eggs that are very obvious in like Disney movies. Like if you notice the dice in Solo, then this comedy special is for you. Nothing funnier than dogs getting hit by cars. like me yeah neither is long talk but yeah i do know why no one watched this without like the backstory of knowing that you're going to announce your autistic in this not uncommon no they hate them but you put shoes on the dogs so that when they go out in like the winter especially and there's like the little salt they use to defrost the sidewalk they don't get that in their paw pads and it irritates them so i already disagree with the premise of the joke if it wasn't even a joke i think it's so far just an anecdote i don't know if we're still in the joke section i assume it's supposed it's gonna be funny I, i i don't know i barely remember this fucking thing it's awful no i that some idiot makes small talk like that to me basically every time i'm at the dog park too i'm actually more just like it's this is very banal why would uh. So this is another extended quote unquote joke, maybe not even quote unquote joke. I don't know how she's defining this section, but it's about how men do sexism and tell women to smile on the street, which I do not endorse, but I feel like you can get this joke from a few other comedians who do it better. Okay. Incorrect, incorrect. I abs. People have diagnosed me with that, f- like m- literally my whole life. Mm. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I have no doubt that Hannah Gadsby gets extremely upset when anyone tries to talk to her on the street. She does not want to associate with the regular people like I, guys i'm sorry for all the dead air but i i'm struggling to fill the space with commentary like it's hard to c- it's hard to comment on this banal anecdote which we don't even understand why she's saying it, even though she spent 20 minutes doing exposition on this. I, oh, Oh. (laughs) and then you chose to tell us all about it. so the moral moral of this story i guess is just don't ever talk to hannah gadsby because you she won't enjoy it you won't enjoy it she'll actually try to make it annoying for you and if you just went on your day you wouldn't have to hear any of this shit but it's because you're a bad comedian but neither here nor there Oh, I remember this joke, too. Can you imagine being in a ado- uh, Like, she's acting like it was such an overstep for this man to say something. that's like sh- a shitty icebreaker, definitely sexist to be like, why aren't you smiling, woman? And then she is acting like now... Like, the, the logical response to this is to explain this, like, fucking part of the, bo- like, female anatomy to this random man. Like, who is the... Ah. But the thing is, with her comedy, she won't even say whether or not he's the aggressor or she is. She's just like, oh, it's just a slice of life. So I have no idea how I'm supposed to react to this at all. Even though she literally told me how to react to, like, most stuff in her show for 20 minutes at the beginning of this. I... I should have taken better notes during the exposition. I don't know what to say, folks. I've failed you as a commentator. What is the sound of one hand clapping inside of both of your cavities? I'm pretty sure all these people are just laughing about assholes right now. Okay. Okay. Is the joke that, like, the female anatomy is funny? Like, I've seen this before, and I don't get what she's doing, even though she explained it. Oh. Okay. Okay. That took only like five minutes for you to explain. And again, this is crucial to understanding her story about like yelling at a stranger in the dog park. We're still on the dog park. I I can't fucking believe this. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Get to the point. Okay. 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 This part fucking rocks. Strap in. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, this midwife colonized the female body. Oh. LinkedIn can never be used in comedy. It's it's a dead zone. You, you cannot make someone laugh about LinkedIn. It's physically impossible. Hmm. he's also literally a midwife. Like like this is in the, he did this all in the name of advancing medical science to make it safer for women to give birth, but go off, I guess he was doing this because he's a fucking selfish man, I guess is the bit. Oh, right. All you have to do is make a very, like a, a groundbreaking discovery about like human humanity to be, have something named after you. If you're a man, that's all you have to do, whatever. Oh yeah. What would you have named it? But they are spherical, you have to admit. Okay. <laughs> I know that you don't like have sex with men or whatever, but <laughs> I have some things to tell you about the, the role of the balls in intercourse. <laughs> whatever. I That's what this comedy special feels like. I guess that's the intent, though, so I don't want to concede that point to her. Mm. Mm. I will I will posit that I believe 90% of the audience is laughing at the mention of balls. Just the word because there's no way they're laughing at the actual joke. Mm. Mm. I mean that sucks. I mean, I do appreciate this anti-doctor content. Okay. Right, we were warned about that. Now it makes it funnier that we heard it. The emergent properties of the Gadsby humor school. Hmm. Pretty sure women came... Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm pretty sure women came up with calling it that. Right, it was because oral contraceptive was like sounded daunting to a lot of people to normalize it. I believe that they, I don't know. I'm going to have to research this, but I am pretty sure we can chalk that one up to women, not men. Sorry. No, you are a a fucking well spring of trauma. And if you, if you run out, you will dig up more. Trust me. Mm. Hate it when a doctor mansplains <laughs> medical things to me. <laughs> this just goes to show how what she thinks a joke is. I you're supposed to clap for the intent. You're supposed to think, oh, yeah, you stuck it to the man. That's why this is funny, not because it's a funny joke. You have to agree with her politics and her viewpoint in order to find the joke funny. It does not stand up on its own, which makes it a bad joke. Sorry, folks. Oh, God. Oh, this is another Netflix thing. They always fucking slip in some other Netflix content. In this case, it's the Marie Kondo nonsense about decluttering and sparking joy. They always do that to remind you of all the other Netflix like products out there. Again, this is a corporate fucking product at this point. Hmm. I mean, he like, I'm sorry. He is a doctor. You went to see him. You can request a different doctor. You can get a second opinion. Isn't this in Australia, too? Where, like, <laughs> like you're... <laughs> whatever. Oh. Hmm. That's a fair point. Yeah, of course we do. Mm. That's a testes joke. Again, we're talking about balls. No, I don't get upset when people squeeze. If my partner squeezes my balls, it's it's not a bad thing. You know, I actually, you know, I've never punched a door or a wall. It's a life experience I need to unlock. Guys, if we get enough on Patreon, I will punch a wall for the first time in my life. Mm. Wow! Truth bomb. What? Okay. I, I missed. I forgot. I need to take better notes. I forgot the baiting section. It's not, who's? Oh, it's for it's for me, right? You keep saying what this isn't, but you don't say what this is. Other than saying it's a romantic comedy, which is low on the romance and low on the comedy. They're laughing so much at the bait joke. It's not even isn't it a joke? Ugh. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to hear about marine biology in the middle of our comedy specials. Oh my god this is too apropos she cares so much more about microaggressions than anything structural it makes so much sense that she this is actually a very apt uh metaphor i have to hand it to her even it's not a joke and it's not informative but i guess it is a successful metaphor so i'll give her that one no it doesn't what? Oh, oh i'm a vegetarian all i eat is fiber Uh, Wow. Folks, how much do we hate vegetarians in this group? Hmm. But you literally did go to the doctor to talk about this, so whatever. Oh, here we go. no kid has spent hours on a where's Waldo get the fuck out of here who is even do they even make where's waldo books anymore i the last time i went through a where's waldo book it took me maybe 30 minutes to go through the whole thing when i was like seven years old in like 1997 or something like i don't give a shit god Okay, but I guess I'm like not understanding the full conceit of the joke because the point is that she's unreasonably angry about where's Waldo. Um, the purpose of that of this discourse is is kind of confusing to me. I, I is it illustrating? Is it supposed to be funny that she's mad about these things? Or maybe we this will be explained further. I I don't know. I, why? How many notes do I need to take to get through this special? It's insane. I, I love the self-reference to her own jokes about how like jumper is funny looking and the popping, which signifies that she is now a puffer fish as if you didn't need the visual, the puffer fish of anger or whatever. That's what the special's like for me. Oh, here we go. Please lay into me about another like, early 90s thing that i do not believe anyone <laughs> focuses on in 2020 but whatever mm. oh you get ready folks it's art history time for the, all the heads who loved the art history the endless art history callbacks and jokes quote unquote from nanette here we go strap in hell yeah hell yeah whoa owned the writers of the teenage mutant ninja turtles Handy God, Gazzy's about to get your ass. Mm. Mm. More exposition, folks. Mm. Oh. You heard it here folks first, folks. TNMT is not historically accurate. Rats are and, and turtles don't fight. No, the rat was one of their friends, if I remember right. Yeah, he's like the master who trains them. There's no Shredder in real life. Go for it. You the. Here's the punchline, folks. It's so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. The six-year-olds watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cannot handle the sight of the word tit. They would just go nuts. We, we the viewers of Hannah Gadsby's specials, demand a correction be issued by TNMT. You don't even have to change the acronym, but they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Tortoises. Yeah, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles need to do more to prepare young boys for the real world. They need to teach them about their hormones. They need to tell them to check their their little boy privilege. Um it's up to the listen. We can't do it without the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We need them to tell us how to act. I am on a pa- podcast hating on Nana Ga- Anna, Hannah Gadsby or whatever because I didn't. I was not warned by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why didn't they tell me, Donatello? How could you? You know, I'm I'm just now hearing from sources that t- uh, turtles don't actually eat pizza. Weird. Or do martial arts. This is fucking insane. She's r- really, like, demolishing my worldview right now. I'm, I'm triggered. Here we go. Another, another, uh, another difficult target. Another thing that requires a lot of nuance to talk about. It, how dumb playing golf is. Cool. Isn't that not even an insult in Australia? I think they use that word for just about anything. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. No women play golf. Zero. Zero. I don't think that, I think there are worse words you could use for certain people, but I would I'm happy you're not using them. Hannah Gasby is entirely unaware that non-white people exist. <laughs> oh no! Wow, I'm furious, folks. Do you ever have associations with v- words? A visual association. With a word. Even if it's not explicit. Just crazy shit going on right here. My mind is being fucking blown. I was was puffered. (laughs) Ha ha! Women, if you didn't like Nanette, you do not exist. You heard it here, folks. I've never seen a man in the wild, not one I associate with use the hashtag, not all men. This is sort of something that you need to be like utterly brain dead and like fried by internet discourse to understand. Remember I explained that she said it's not comedy to deflect and set as a theatrical device. But uh, okay so it's like a trojan horse comedy special oh god again this is for people who don't like stand-up comedy for people who think that stand-up comedy is toxic and all this shit but it's like a comedy special that just you can feel good about That's why you're talking about it so much. You only talk about things that don't bother you. Bullshit. You have. Sorry. You have. More Waldo jokes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This is such a specifically bizarre straw man, literally, to pull up. I my my issue with her is not that I've haven't heard of her. It's like Yeah, well those people are psychopaths. I mean, <laughs> Again, if you criticize this, you're like those men. You're not like anyone who has a brain or engages with art on a critical level. You're just a triggered cis man. That's it. And if you're a woman who doesn't like her show, you literally do not exist. It was a monologue. It is. You went on to do other TED Talks. it was a lecture. You had you had like literal powerpoints and you're about to bring out another powerpoint. It's all of those things. Oh my. That's not the definition of a monologue. Like it's literally all of things. Is You're doing it now. Ah. Uh, all right, to, to applause, she has unveiled a picture of the creation of Adam from the Sistine Chapel. Like, it's literally, like, if you Google art, this is what comes up. And she's going to tell us all about it. You may remember from the first special from Nanette that she basically did a bunch of Art History 101 jokes, and she's literally about to have do this. Like... The audience for this is people who think it would be... Number one, people who don't like comedy, as we established. But number two, people who like... Who think that if you make something convoluted, it's, like, good. Like, I, I don't know. The audience for this, I have to assume, only likes 70s prog rock. Like, I, that they want a, a song that's, like, 45 minutes long and has, like, 19 movements. That's, that's what they're looking for. Because there's... The tonal shifts in this, they don't build to any larger thing. It's just, like indulging all of her little things and it's not done in any kind of structured way even though she literally structures it it doesn't build up to a to being greater than the sum of its parts it's just like a shitty art history lecture which i'm talking over because you don't need to hear it or shitty jokes or like a shitty you know monologue tag talk one woman show whatever she just you know disavowed earlier So now she's showing the... She did an acute ti- triangle joke. I, I cannot make this up. So I, I guess the theme of this is that the School of Athens, again, Art History 101 painting here, is sexist because it has mostly... Man, got, folks, this may blow your mind, but the ancient Romans and Greeks, who literally owned like slaves, um, they were problematic. It's not great. And when people in the Renaissance glorified that past, they were glorifying that same racist and sexist society. I mean... It's sickening, I know, but uh, now that we've learned this from Art History 101, we can go on and become better people, and you can tell all your friends about how much you learned from Hannah Gadsby's not comedy, don't call it a comedy special, don't call it a monologue, you can go tell all your friends all the shit you learned from this. You know what this is? Is she's doing more fucking like art jokes. This is the um. Remember in like the late 2000s, people did those memes where it was like a a Renaissance painting or something, and they put a, a memey caption on it. Um, that's what this is. This is all she's doing. It's the same fucking humor. So again, even if we're we're gonna evaluate this just on the level of the, her jokes, they're not good. There are actual comedians who make better jokes. But the audience for this doesn't want to hear jokes from a like capital C comedian. They want to hear things that make them laugh and feel good from a lady who is saying that comedy is bad so they can continue their moral posture but still get to hear Harry Potter jokes. Folks, did you ever consider that in the past, um, there may have been, you know, gay and lesbian people in ancient times. Isn't that crazy? It's just weird. As if like the Spartans weren't all like fucking, (laughs) like all male Spartans were just like fucking each other endlessly. Like, if this is what she thinks is risque, like, their whole ass, like, amphorae with just the most graphic man-on-man sexual images possible, like, all over it. (laughs) If you really want to play this game, I don't know. She's talking about butts, because butts... I mean, butts are funny, I'll give her that. It's the closest she's getting to comedy. But it's supposed to look like an accidental photo... All paint... If you were an actual art history person, you would know that they're supposed to be, like in media res, are supposed to have a verisimilitude to reality as if you did take a photo. Cause obviously you didn't have photos at that time. <sighs> yeah. Like all art. This is the thing you make this extremely deliberate special that you want to be tr- like evaluated on all these different levels, but you are criticizing the very concept of artifice when your entire special is just artifice. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming the audience is clapping for my insights and not for Douglas, but of course I'm wrong because the people who are watching this would absolutely despise this podcast because we make jokes and are unabashed and we don't, like, run away from criticism every time it comes after us. This is just so pathetic. There it is, folks. So that was the big bombshell we were all going for. So when she was like 38. Mm. Okay, so I don't know exactly, but this sounds like when, you know, a, a, a white woman who's never like had a homosexual relationship just says they're bi because they're open to the experience or that they're like pansexual just because they're like, oh, I'd, it doesn't disgust me the idea of having sex with another woman. She is thinking like, oh, I actually like, I would be fine if I was autistic. Let me go confirm that theory. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what happens here, but that, that, that's sort of like what it feels like. Because for a lot of people, their autism diagnosis is a really crucial point in their life. Um, a lot of times it happens when they're young and they're not, they don't have the agency of being a rich white lady to like navigate that uncertainty. So for them, it's very bad and traumatic. And, you know, it can mean that they're prescribed a lot of things they don't need. It's a very serious thing. But with Nanette, with Hannah Gadsby or whatever, it's like this, it's just another fucking identity in her toolkit. I don't know. It may seem cynical to say it that way, but I th- I'm telling you, she uses it as just a way to deflect criticism. And also to deliver some of like the red meat trauma that her audience, and she admittedly knows this, that her audience is looking for. And again, just going in first, like the first thing you mentioned with autism is like the insane idea that anti-vaxxers have about autism being caused by vaccines. That's so, like, that's so reductive and annoying. I don't know. Like there are serious like consequences to, I don't know, being diagnosed with autism. They're like serious life. I, I don't know. There's like more serious stuff that if you actually had that kind of experience, you could go into, but whatever. Still talking about anti-vaxxers here, folks. Huh? Woo! I'm anti-vaxxer. It's me. I like if there's any anti-vaxxers in this audience, I will be shocked. Mm-hmm. At least she admits it. At least she admits it. I don't know. I thought... So she's doing self-deprecation, which I thought she was saying that that was self-loathing in her last special, but it's hard to keep up, honestly. I haven't. I The audience... Like, I am sitting with my mic like an inch away from my face and the audience is hearing absolutely how little I've laughed this whole, this whole special, but I guess it's not comedy. So I'm not supposed to be laughing, whatever. Can't, that's not a real criticism. It's deflected. Also, I'm just, you know, straight white man. So nothing I say matters. Mm. Again, so much fucking buildup. Get to the joke. I don't know. Tell the joke. Okay, this is one of those jokes, it's not a joke. She's you you never know. You never fucking know. It's a lecture that was like prefaced the way you would preface a joke. Oh. Folks, have you ever considered the fact that uh polio is not good and that vaccines against polio are actually good. You ever considered that? If so, you might like this comedy special. She says like she has autism as if she has like cancer or something. I don't think that's the way that people who are, who have who are diagnosed with autism describe it, but that's just my able mind or whatever going off. do people in this day and age know what a pet rock is because <laughs> the tar it just goes to show how boomer this demo or gen X this demographic is because it's like you have to remember all this shit from like the early 90s and the 70s and like i don't know how you're supposed to laugh at this Mm. mm. one country at a time. The hate of what? Right. Mm. Oh. Maybe the special was designed to make you groan and not laugh because that's the, that's the effect it's having. Then why'd you repeat it? Okay. Okay. More art, of course. So, again, taking something that's like very serious and nuanced and turning it into like, oh, it just be like this painting, though. This is a very fucking kind of insulting and like reductionist idea of what autistic people are like or what autism or being diagnosed with autism means. Which, again, like, if you're just doing jokes, whatever. But if you're trying to make this a little more serious than just jokes, which is what she's been doing this whole fucking time, but then retreating back into comedy when she's criticized. um, I don't know. Like, it's not informative. It's not funny. I I don't know what I'm supposed to take from this other than, like, just another reminder to check my privilege which you know whatever i'll i'll go check my privilege i'm, I'm checking it i'm trying god <sighs> guys you remember how she mentioned the box in the beginning hmm she's calling back to it wow isn't it funny how she sticks to like the outline that she laid out for 30 minutes at the beginning of this is anyone laughing i'm laughing i'm having a great time I can't wait to tell my coworkers everything I learned about autism from Hannah Gadsby and her art analogies. Oh my God! Now we've entered gifted child discourse. You know, on Twitter, people saying that like being selected as like a gifted child when they're like seven years old created unrealistic expectations for life, and is the reason that they're like a a alcoholic journalist at age 25 Mm. folks if you were a precocious child you may be autistic that's not true by the way that's just what she believes apparently oh this is how she's illustrating her diagnosis by telling stories from decades before she was diagnosed with autism Fine. That's what we're doing now. We love it, folks. How much money did she? they pay her to do this? This is... Maybe I should start doing this. I mean, podcasting, it is what it is. But being a complete charlatan and dilettante and, like, doing these wordy shows for a totally sycophantic audience of people who will lap up anything I say, that sounds pretty good. I think she gets paid way more than I do. Oh. Wow! <laughs> Sorry, that was not that was not a real laugh. Nobody's laughing. So intellectually explaining the joke doesn't make the joke work. Huh. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Can you imagine being this lady's fucking like elementary school teacher? You get paid like nothing. You've just show up all day for these like booger eaters, and then this like weirdo is like my mi- subtly mining stand up material for like thirty years from the few down the line. we oh. need to pay teachers more. I mean, maybe that's what she's trying to argue here it's 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 physically impossible to follow where this is going even though she explained it it's just Don't I have I'm sorry folks I have no idea What to say to this Okay (sighs) Please get to the joke Um Yeah, I got kicked out of class a lot in, in like, middle school for making annoying jokes all day and not focusing. It has nothing to do with my mental health. Or if it does, it's not, like, that needs to be borne out more. I can't just, like, armchair diagnose myself with this. That seems absolutely within the realm of possibility and also stop making triangle jokes. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Oh, like if you've ever had friends who just kill their own jokes, this is exactly this is for you. If you like that experience of someone just over intellectualizing and ruining their own joke, which wasn't even strong to begin with, you should be watching this because that's like all that's going on right now. Like, is is she ex- using this to explain to it, like? Her, it seems like she's not telling these to be jokes, but they're also, but people are laughing and then you have punchlines, but the punchlines take forever to get to. And then she ends up qualifying the punchline and then tie it into this like larger lecture and this larger concept, which is not born out at all. What the fuck is this special about? Like that you can't intellectualize it as any kind of coherent project. Cause it's not a standup special. It's not like there's, and the, again, this just goes to why you're not allowed to criticize it. Cause yeah, now we're back to the pouch of Douglas this is about douglas is douglas her dog is it about you know the pouch of douglas is it about the the doctor who named it is it about like what is this fucking about what is the point of, is this like a slice of life i like you i guess you have to really like hannah gadsby to get into this i'm trying to understand it it's just you can't you cannot fucking interact with this as you would any other piece of art it's that uh, That was a lesbian joke, guys. So this is like the way she explains it, I guess she wants it to be like, she wants it to be like a way to explain the way her brain works through, like her process and like daily annoyances, I guess, and then she's gonna extrapolate. But like, what do you gain by that? You only all you gain is an look into the way she thinks. But when she loops into this larger issue of mental health, ne- neuro neuroatypic, neuroatypicality, and um, you know, autism, she ends up like positing herself as like an avatar for the neuroatypical experience and that's like heinous but if you were to say that she'd be like oh no it's just my story but i'm like if it's just your story then why do you think it's important for people to know it like you're you can't just like again every time you criticize her on one end she runs to the other end of the pool it's like playing marco polo with her trying to uh, like understand how to critique this because just on so many levels it fails but and, and and it's not more than the sum of its parts. It's less than the sum of its parts of anything. And yet she has all these built-in ways to criticize you if you or you know crit- built-in defenses if you want to come for her about any aspect of how this piece of art fails. Oh, so again we're like talking about how like men are inferior because all they have to do to get named or or sanctified is get like you know, a mammary blast from. <laughs> from the virgin mary or whatever, I don't know. This may this may be kind of weird for you to hear, but Christianity can be uh dumb sometimes if you take it at face value and apply it directly to our current day lives. It doesn't really hold up because we don't live in like biblical times, but So again, hey, leave Bernie Sanders out of this. Um, so again, like, if you just made a joke that was like, oh, this guy needed to get lactated on, all he needed to do was get lactated on for him to be famous or, you know, sanctified, but this other lady had to learn the cello, that would be fine, but it's, like, again, like, it's not really just a linear joke. It's It's about explaining the way her brain works and using that as, like, a, to extrapolating that to like the larger autistic experience, which is just, I, I don't know. But again, if you were to say that she was doing that, she would just say, Oh, it's just not how I personally feel, even though you heavily imply that this is like how it works for people or neuro neuroatypical people. I don't know. So many callbacks. Cause you're supposed to like, like she has to create her own world in this special of things that you have decided to find funny or that she has decided to find funny for you. Like you have to follow her program in order to understand this. So you're never allowed to have your own reaction to it or your own critique of it. Because if you do have a critique of it, it's because you're, you're neurotypical, you're uh, male, you're cis, you're not a lesbian, like whatever. Like they, there's just all these reasons for you to not be allowed to criticize her shit. When I mean, I'm trying to tell you, my main criticism of this joke cycle is that, like, it's really just when people did memes with the uh, Renaissance paintings and stuff like that. And it would be like, most indubitably, sir. And, like, all this kind of Reddit, like, lay epic lingo. That's really all she's doing, but it's for 2020. It's like a fucking decade-old joke. And then callbacks are her own jokes. She did the Pufferfish Pop and the Patch of Douglas. we're back to Paleolithic times again. Another, oh God, paleo jokes. Like there has not been one thing that got a genuine guttural laugh out of me. And there, I laugh all the time at jokes making fun of me. God, another fucking Harry Potter joke. I'm literally out of my drink. Guys, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end of this. This is so bad. Back to the cock biscotti, which was funny the first time she said it, but... This is the thing with jokes, is if you keep repeating the jokes, then you kind of make them less funny. She is literally picking dicks from a tree, which could be funny if someone with a s I don't know, a skilled memer from like two thousand eight decided to get that picture. They could have made a joke, but She's really screaming. Yes, this is how art works. Again, I guess you would have no knowledge of this, but art is a deliberate product with deliberate choices. She did the mic drop joke. I was talking over it. Apologies to the audience. You got to rewind for the that, that mic drop joke. Very abrupt ending to this, because we know it's the end, because this fucking song is playing again, this theme song from the beginning. That's it. That's all you're getting, folks. There's no overarching thing. There's no, like... I have no idea how you're supposed to react to this. I mean, and also being on Netflix, God, it's like already sending me to the next thing to watch. This is pure content. Now it is having me watch some, what the fuck is this? Like a Spanish language anime. All right, get get that out of here. Okay, we're done. Um, hopefully if you were on the same timing as me, you got to the end of that. Now I can talk over it and not worry that I'm blocking some of the, because you know, one of the most damning things you can do, and I hope it's not annoying to the audience that I did a lot of this is, you know, she digs her own holes. I didn't, there's no criticisms I I can make of her that she didn't kind of like invite me to make, if that makes sense. She number one was doing that because I, you know, I'm cis white male here living my life, but she is expecting me to come for her uh, just because of my identity, which is fair. I mean, whatever. I'm sure that there are... I, like, I don't want to discount the fact that she definitely... I don't think she's lying when she says she gets tons of hate mail. There are tons of idiots who have really bad faith criticisms of her that do boil down to, I don't like lesbians, or I don't like women, I don't like narrow atypical people, etc. Those are bad. That's not the critique I'm making. The critique I'm making is that this is... It's not a piece of art that you can engage with. It's not meant for you to be able to engage with it you have to follow the program you have to follow exactly what she's saying and you have to make sure that you don't get lost because she's going to do all these callbacks and you like i mean you heard me in the middle of it saying i should have taken better notes when she laid out the exposition for like 20 minutes i mean again and and like she's she's very i think there's no way she's dumb enough that she isn't calling attention to how heavily constructed her special is in all the mentions of like, that was a choice in, you know, when painting at the pictures of like a, a woman with like a cloth cut in her butt crack or whatever that she's, you know, analyzing her very art history, 101 sort of way. Like she's calling attention to all of this. And I, I it has to be a tactic to call attention to the fact that all, she makes so many Deliberate choices to this that it ends up being overworked and it doesn't succeed on any of the levels that it tries to succeed on. It's trying, is it a comedy special? No, because it's not funny. And also because there's more going on there. Is that there- so? When you try to look at the more going on there, I'm like, is she, is this about autism? No, it's about her, it's about her specific experience with it. Uh, like you're, and then it just leads you back. So, the- if you try to like, evaluated on the level of, is this a serious thing that I should have critiqued seriously? She's like, no, no, it's just comedy. But then, again, if she's like, if you thought Nanette was comedy, what's wrong with you? But then later on in interviews, like right after Nanette came out and became a smash hit, she's saying that it was a tactic to say that it's not comedy. Like, you just, you're there's no way to objectively interpret this as art. You have to be, you have to take a purely subjective lens to look at this. You have to just, and you have to do what I didn't want to do, like I explained in the intro. You have to kind of just pat her on the head and say, good job. You made this, and you put it out there, and it's yours, and that's special, and no one can take that from you. But this is not a painting, like a little kid painting that you put up on your fridge. This is like a, a fucking multi-million-dollar corporate product. She's, she, has, she has a memoir that came out earlier this year based on all this stuff. It's literally about Nanette. Nanette itself was a smash. She had a kind of like a, a relatively successful career in Australia as a comedian before Nanette, but since then she's taken off. And it's 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 so it's just about her brand but not on any kind of like level that you can in, it, interpret it. You have to just pat her on the head and say like good job. You have to just you're supposed to just take it. Like if you if you have any criticism of it, it's you're wrong. Like that's all, whereas I don't know, Dan and I do obviously objectively like a podcast where we do comedy. You can disagree whether or not we're funny, but we are trying to do comedy. And if you criticize us on a level, I mean, we do take it to serious. We do talk about serious things. We do like to talk about things structurally. Uh, we do talk about things that happen to us personally. But if you want to criticize us on any level, even if your criticism is just, I don't want to hear from two you know, straight white men. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. That's fine. You don't have to listen to it. And if you want to share that criticism with me, I think we could I can use it constructively. I will take it. If you think one of my jokes isn't funny, you're probably right. It probably wasn't that funny. We have to fill hours of time here. There's you know, there's gonna be dead space. We don't construct this, we don't have exposition and outlines and like specific sections. You know, this isn't a symphony of a podcast the way she overworked Douglas to the point that it's like, like you have to follow a fucking program to understand it. We don't do that. And if we're wrong about something substantive, if we're trying to like use one experience to speak for others, that's wrong. And we should be called out and we will, we are happy to issue retractions and all of this stuff. Like you have to engage with criticism. I don't know what, what this world is where we've decided that it's, it's gotta be part of this like influencer content culture. Um, the, the fact that, as I said earlier, the actual show is not just what you see on camera, the actual product and the actual show is the discourse it generates online, which is really a full on industry because people writing, you know, people get paid to write recaps of this. Dan and I don't get paid unfortunately, yet to uh, do recaps of this or do commentaries like that. But that is a very real industry. There is a whole, like a whole industrial complex behind stuff like this. So I don't know, I guess, I guess I've said my piece on it, honestly. And I've gone, I went through the whole thing mercifully only an hour and 12 Um, and now my obligation to Dan for him doing his four hour critique (laughs) or commentary on all of the Hillary Clinton documentary, which is truly a titanic endeavor. Um, Now my obligation is filled, but I don't know. It's just the reason I feel like it's important to talk about this is there is this kind of heinous undertone of her using her experience to speak for the larger autistic community, which she seems to only have like, I don't know, it seems like she's only officially joined that recently, and she didn't even want to. She didn't want to come out in, even though she got the diagnosis before Nanette. She didn't want to come out and say that that in Nanette. She wanted to save that reveal for this, which you can cynically interpret as like, you know, you can give her the, you can you can take her at, on her word and say that she didn't and assume that she didn't want to. Uh, she wasn't. She was conflicted about revealing it at that time. She didn't feel comfortable or whatever. Um, or you can cynically say she would. She knew she needed material for her follow-up, which she does sort of allude to. It's impossible to say. Um, she does try to cover all of her bases so that you're not allowed to critique her, which is kind of the basis of my critique. <laughs> because, I'm sorry, being criticized is part of making art. It's just part of the process. There's no... Even if your art is just a dumb podcast where you riff on stuff, being criticized is part of the creative process. Whatever you're making, criticism... If it's good faith criticism, if it's constructive, which is what I'm trying to do here, I'm trying to say that that my criticism is not I'm furious that a, like an autistic lesbian is is you know making fun of straight white men. There's so much content I consume that is making fun of like straight white men. That's I think it's totally fair game. I love comedy that punches up. There's nothing wrong with that. The, what is wrong with this is that it's not comedy, and she won't. She refuses to let herself get pinned down which I guess people would say that as a compliment to her, but she refuses to allow any kind of criticism of her work as comedy. Um, If you criticize like the way she extrapolates it to these larger structural issues, then, you know, you're missing the point because it was just a joke. It's just, I don't know. It's just frustrating. Cause I I don't know. It's, it's not like I want to, I, I'm not trying to steal her swag. You know, this is a hustle. It's a gig for her and she's made good money on it. It's a brand. It's working. I mean, I'm sure her fortunes have turned for the better. You know, I would love to live in a nice house in Los Angeles and maybe this is how I'll get there is by being this kind of a big sellout. But when I do that, when I buy my house in the Hollywood Hills and, uh, you know, complain about stuff at the dog part for money and, you know, I will expect to be criticized (laughs) and not in the way that she says where she's like, Oh, I love nibbling on hate. I mean like actually engage with criticism. And I, am not saying you should engage with criticism of like of her based on her identity. That's the opposite of what I'm saying, but you can't hide from criticism of the artistic merit of what you put out there. And if, if it is so personal to you that you can't hear any criticism of it because it's triggering or it's upsetting, then that's something you shouldn't put out into the world. Cause when you put stuff out into the world, it's going to be criticized. If I, there are things about my life that I would not want to talk to with anybody in public. And so I don't bring them up on the podcast. It's that simple. It really is. But for her, I mean, she did kind of, she does kind of allude to it, this and throughout her specials that like the comedy is kind of this Trojan horse, but then I'm sure for some other people, the, the serious aspect, the trauma porn is like what gets them into buying her comedy special, which is a product. Either way, it's like this, there's this deception, which we alluded to in our internet episode. And like, I don't know. There's just, it's just neat. You need to not shy away from criticism like this. You need to be sure to engage with it because it makes your art better. And I cannot engage with a piece of art that, you know, does not allow criticism. That's just part of the process. And maybe you don't want to hear it from me. Fine. I mean, if Anna Gadsby hears this podcast, I will, you know, it means that something has gone it was totally insane in my life. And I'm now rubbing elbows with people who I would never have expected to rub elbows with currently. But this, I'm sorry to say, from someone who's not in the industry, but knows one thing about the industry, this is part of the process. So. That's where I'm at. Um, don't I don't want anyone to feel like they're not allowed to criticize us or criticize some other comedian or whatever. I mean, that's just where I'm at on this. I, I think it's 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 shallow and self-serving and it's done in the service of making Netflix money and making Hannah Gasby money. That's really what this is. It's a corporate product. It's not like this personal thing. It's it's different. It's not the drawing that like a little kid gives you for you to put on your fridge. It is a product that is marked like there are jobs created by this (laughs) like people are eating based on nanette and douglas and it's fine to criticize something like that so that's where we're at uh obviously rate review all that shit and uh we will catch you next time with more episodes and hopefully you won't have to watch an atrocious quote-unquote or quote on i I don't even know what to fucking call this thing anymore i my my brain is just in utter disarray from doing all the mental gymnastics to speak about this. But, um, hopefully next time you don't have to sit through one of these to enjoy an episode of (laughs) hog planet. So yeah, that's where we're at. And, uh, we will catch you next time. Um, Hannah Gadsby at me, at me, you coward criticize my podcast. I want to engage. See ya.